Good morning, Hope City. How are you guys today? Oh, great, great. Fabulous. Hey, I want to welcome you guys here, um, whether you're here in Louisville, whether you guys are tuning in online this morning, listening to a podcast today, or you are tuning in from Shepherdsville. Let's give a big hand to everybody at our Shepherdsville location. Yes! It's amazing. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm clearly not Pastor Jason. That's okay. Uh, my name is Megan Gardner, and me and my husband, Jono, we are the campus pastors at the Shepherdsville location. Um, so... Peace to everybody out there right now watching. That is where we hail from, Bullet County. What up? I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, so how many guys have an awesome Thanksgiving? That was very melodramatic. Not going to lie. No, I'm, I'm glad you guys had a good Thanksgiving. I had an awesome Thanksgiving this year as well. And um, what I really appreciated about this week um, that we just had was all of the people who were uh, online talking about Black Friday shopping this year. I feel like, I don't know why this year it was crazier than it's been in a lot of years. I don't know what was special about it. I'm not quite sure, but show of hands, how many of you went Black Friday shopping? Oh, wow. Not my friend. Not my friend. Not my friend. Okay. Let's clear something in the air really quick. Okay, you guys don't know me very well, but now you're going to. I cannot stand Black Friday. I lock my doors Shut my blinds. Come on, somebody. I do not go out. If we need toilet paper, we're going to just, we're, we're going to buckle through. We're going to use paper towels. We're not going to the store on Black Friday. We're not going anywhere. We're staying inside. That is exactly how I spend my Black Friday. So needless to say, the two reasons why I don't like going out on Black Friday is the crowds, right? Horrible. The sales aren't that great. I'm just going to lay it out there. They're not. Some of them are okay, but they're not that great. And the cold, you guys. Getting to know me a little bit more as well. Some of you know me, some of you don't. I am from Florida, okay? That's where I grew up originally, okay? Florida girl, Central Florida. So my entire life was tank tops and flip-flops, okay? All the time. So naturally, I'm not used to the cold at all. Even something like now. You guys, I have a confession to make. I'm inadequately prepared for Kentucky right now. You guys, you're laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. It is late November. We've already had snow on the ground. I can't believe this, okay? The last six years of my life I spent in Texas, which is another very hot state, okay? And it got cold there, maybe like January-ish. Uh, it would get kind of cold, maybe snow. But it's the kind of place where when it does snow, it's about two inches, and the whole city shuts down. No school, everything's closed, nobody goes out, there's accidents all over, so we kind of panic. This year when it snowed, I was freaking out, thinking, we can't go anywhere. There's snow on the ground. I don't have a jacket for this. Like, I don't have a coat. I'm not prepared. I have no gloves. I, I need warmers. I need something. I'm not very prepared for this. My kids are adjusting. That's the word I will use for that as well, adjusting to it. And I have a little puppy who's like six months old. He was a spring puppy. Um, we moved here about six to seven months ago. Um, right before he was born. So springtime was great here. Everyone was elbowing us in the springtime, like, get ready for the cold. And I'm like, all right, it's going to be great. You know, like Florida girl over here, like, love the snow. Y'all, I was so wrong. <laughs> so, so wrong. It's so cold. So, so cold. But I want to talk to you guys today a little bit about that weather. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about seasons. So somebody say seasons seasons. 
By the way, if you are um, ready to donate to my glove fund, my hat fund, my coat fund, I'm taking donations. So just letting you guys know, because we need some more. Not My wardrobe looks like Florida still. It's a lot of tank tops and flip-flops. Anyways, it's going to be good today. So I want to talk about the seasons in life that we particularly don't really enjoy being in, right? Because seasons change all around us. They do yearly. We have winter, spring, summer, fall, and they do in our spiritual life as well. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. So it's going to be good. It's going to be awesome. Are you guys ready? Awesome. Here we go. It's going to be really good. So let me explain the seasons for you really quick. In your life, they may look really, really different, okay? So right now, let's say maybe you are a spring kind of person, okay? Maybe there's new beginnings in your life right now. Maybe you just had a baby. Uh, Maybe you just bought a house, right? Congratulations if you did. It's wonderful being a first-time homeowner. Maybe you guys uh, just signed a contract on something. Maybe you just started a business or, you know, there's lots of new things happening in your life right now. And then there's like summertime. So this might look for you like answered prayers. Maybe you've been praying um, a really long time for a loved one to get saved and they just give their heart to Christ. Or maybe, you know, you've been praying a long time about getting out of debt and you finally paid off that car loan. Come on. Feels so good. Maybe that's you right now. Maybe you're in fall, so there's a lot of change going on around you. Maybe you guys are contemplating making really big decisions in your life. That's kind of where I had been the last couple years, thinking about moving across the country or, you know, starting something new, going back to college, maybe going back to get your master's or something like that. Fall seasons. And maybe you're in winter right now which could be a cold, dark, desolate place for you. Maybe you just lost a loved one. Or maybe something devastating has just happened. You got really bad news. Maybe you got diagnosed with a sickness. Or somebody you love got diagnosed with a sickness. So seasons. Someone say seasons. We're doing it. There's a purpose for every season. Amen? Amen. So if you guys have your sermon guides, I want you to do something for me. I want you guys to write a question down in your notes today. If you're taking notes, you are more likely to retain information, studies show, which I find true in my life. So if you have a pen, grab one right now. Um, If you guys are listening online or on a podcast right now, grab a piece of paper in your kitchen. Write this down. Here we go. On the top of your sermon guides, there's a section for you, too, to write it in. Here's the question I want you guys to write down today. What season am I in? What season am I in? We're going to talk about that a little bit today as we move forward. What season am I in? Spring, summer, fall, lots of change. Maybe you're in winter right now. It's going to be good. I think this is important because knowing where you are in life is going to help you get the most out of where you are. Amen? It really is. It's possible for us to be in, say, winter, but have the expectations of summertime, right? Because if you're like me, we kind of expect our lives to go smooth, go easy, always be fun and have great things happening. But if we have those expectations in a bad season, we're really going to be taken off guard. So knowing where you are will definitely help you get the most out of where you are. See, it's possible that God has you in a season of development right now. Because maybe he wants you to see something in you that needs to be developed. Sometimes we don't get the next thing we're praying for because we're maybe not ready for the blessings or the burdens that come with it in our life. See, God knows what you need. And although you know what you want, 
you might not be ready for those blessings. In a second, I'm going to read a scripture that's going to show us just that. It's going to talk about the seasons of life and, and what comes with them. Because with love, come on somebody, comes hate. Sometimes in life. <laughs> with blessings comes burdens. You might be praying for um, a season of love, like maybe to get married. You're praying for your future spouse. But with that comes some hard times. Amen? Sure does. You guys might be praying for a promotion at work right now. But with that season comes financial burdens. And maybe you're not ready for that responsibility yet. And I would love some land. Oh, I would love some land, you guys, for Christmas. I grew up on a farm in Central Florida. Gosh, I would love some land, but Lord knows I do not want to mow all that grass, right? <laughs> do not want to do that. And I have a push mower that would take, we're not going to go there. That would take a long time. And we might miss this if we're unaware of where we are. So let's dive in today. I want to read you guys some scripture. Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3 if you have your Bibles or pull out your phone, get your Bible app. We're going to talk about this. Here we go. I've got mine bookmarked. Whoop. Perfect. Perfect. All right, so this is titled A Time for Everything. What season am I in? We're going to talk about the truth about winter today. Here we go. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. I can't help but laugh after that first verse because I think like even activities in our life, there's a time for. Like for me right now, I do not need to be trying to ski. <laughs> I'm from Florida, and there's no snow on the ground. There's a season for every activity. I love that. Verse 2 says, a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. I like those times. <laughs> a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. I love that scripture. It's fantastic. But the first thing I realize about it is that I enjoy about half of that stuff. <laughs> I don't really enjoy the other half of it. I think we all can say that we enjoy about 50% of our life. Half of it's about good. I love the times to love, the times to laugh, the times to dance. I scroll on my phone just looking at funny memes all day. I love those times. <laughs> I love my social media time. It's fantastic. But I don't love the times when I'm in a panic or have anxiety, the times to tear down in our lives, those seasons when it's uncomfortable, when you feel alone, when God feels distant. No matter how many times we go through the cold seasons, they always hit us so hard, don't they? So, so hard. We never expect them to come. And it can feel like God is punishing us or forgetting about us. But I'm here to tell you today that just because this time in your life is difficult does not mean that it's not of God. Good. Right? What this scripture tells us is that we need to understand that life comes with good and it comes with bad. And what God wants 
for us is life and life more abundantly, but that means that good stuff has to come and bad stuff has to come. So God doesn't hate you just because something bad happened in your life right now. This is a part of God's plan and what he wants for you. I love the times to shop, but I don't love Black Friday shopping. Stressful. Not into that, right? That's what comes with it. It's Black Friday. If you're going out to catch a deal, you might catch an elbow as well. It's coming with it. It does. That's life. We love the times to drink coffee with our friends, but we don't want stained teeth and headaches afterwards. We love the time to buy a house, but we don't want to fix the leaky roof. We don't want to fix the AC when it breaks. That's what comes with it. Amen. Come on now. It happens. <laughs> Each new blessing presents a new burden in life. So if you're following along with your notes, the first truth about winter that I want to share with you today is that you were made for it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you were made for this. You were made for this. You were. So there's a man in the Bible by the name of Job. How many of you guys are familiar with him? Yes, Job. I love Job. He has an awesome story, and I'm just going to paraphrase it for you right now because it's, it's long. Um, but if you have time to go in your Bible and read it, if you've never had before, I suggest doing that. It's a really, really awesome story. So Job was considered a really wealthy man. He had a huge family, and he had a lot of cows, okay? Made him very wealthy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He did have a lot of cows, though. He had a lot of sheep. Um, he had a lot of land. He had a big, big family. But what made Job special was that he was blameless in the sight of God. He loved God with all of his heart. So it wasn't all the things in his life, although he was very grateful for those. He just loved God. And he never said a bad word about God, never took his name in vain, never cursed him. So in a dialogue between Satan and God, we have Satan pretty much saying, hey, I think that Job loves you because you gave him all this wonderful stuff. If you took it away from him, I don't think he'd love you anymore. And God's like, I'm up for that. God is bad, you guys. He's bad all by himself. He's like, I'm up for that challenge. Fine. Take everything away from Job. And that's exactly what happened. And to us on the surface, that seems like, what? God loves Job. Why would he let that happen to him? But it's fantastic when you read it. Let me read you just a little bit of dialogue. It says, then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There's no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You've blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread through the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well then. Everything he has is in your power. But on the man himself, do not lay a finger. So he took everything from Job. He allowed that to happen to him. His family, gone. His wealth, gone. Social status, gone. His health, gone. Everything taken from Job, all in this book. And we can sympathize with him and empathize with him because some of us feel like in this season in our life, maybe things have been taken from us that feel unfair. But through it all, he never spoke an ill word about the Lord. Isn't that amazing? I love, love, love Job's story. If I was Job, I don't know how faithful I could be because I lose my cell phone and I'm panicking. Like my whole world stops. I don't know how I would handle losing much more than that. 
I even lose my phone charger. Let's even go that far to say that. And I, time has to stop for a minute so I can find myself. That's how I feel. But this was Job's test in his life. This was specific for him. He was made for this. So what's your story? What were you made for? God made you for a specific purpose and a specific time to go through specific trials and tests. And although it may seem unfair or in vain, I can promise you today that he does work all things out for the good of those who love him. Amen. It's not a coincidence that you have a blood disease or that you just lost your loved one. It's not a coincidence that your identity was stolen this year or your car was broken into or that your kids can't stand you. It's not a coincidence that you're going through this. This is your season and this is your story. God has called you to be the Job of your story. He has. He wants you to go through the wreckage and come pure as gold out on the other side. Nobody likes tests. I'll be the first one to say that. Even real tests. Thinking about studying for a test, I'm sweating already. Don't like them. But that's how we find out what is true. That's how we find out what is pure and what's reliable. We test it. I want to tell you guys a quick story, and then we'll move on. My father-in-law, his name is John Gardner, wonderful man. I love him so, so much. He's very dear to my heart. If you're watching, I love you. I want to, I want to tell you his story really quick. Um, he's a pastor, and a lot of times I think we put this pressure on pastors when we think about their lives that we just kind of expected them to grow up in church, go to seminary school, never do a thing wrong, and now they're preaching, and they're perfect, and they do wonderful things. But he's a human just like everybody else. And I love his story because it's very unique and it reminds me a lot of Job's. So he started out really, really young, going to church, but kind of just checking the box off. He knew he had a call in his life for ministry to be a pastor one day, but he kind of was doing his own thing. Sounds really familiar. It's like my life too. So he was going to church, attending church, but he ran this awesome irrigation business. He's a really fun, outgoing guy. It was booming. He had a great business. He met a girl, fell in love, and they had two sons. They were in their early 20s. And things were great, like picture perfect, if you would. It was fantastic for him. And then one day, he gets a phone call. And isn't that how it goes in our lives sometimes? One day, something just happens, and his season completely changed. He gets a phone call that his wife and his two sons have been in a car accident, and his wife didn't make it. His two boys did. Thank the Lord that that was his will because one of them is now my husband. <laughs> but he lost his wife in one day. I couldn't imagine losing my spouse in just one moment. And some of you have. Some of you are living through that today. But he did. And this totally sent him in a spiral downward. That, it would send me that way too. But it took that moment of shaking for him to realize God's true power and God's true call in his life. Tragedy does something crazy to us. It it lets us see with eyes that we don't normally see with, right? And that's what it did for him. It woke him, it shook him. And if none of that would have happened, then his life would look completely different. He would have never woken up to ministry. He would have never met his wife, Sherry, now who he's been married to for 20 years. He would have never had two more daughters. They would never exist. Your life would look completely different if those things hadn't have happened. I wanted to share that with you today because I believe that God is doing his best work in you through these seasons. I believe that he is testing you and trying you because he's doing his best work, the best thing he's ever done in you right now, that there's faith that comes through that. 
and that you are made able through Christ to handle it today. Amen? So, the second truth about winter that I want to share with you today is that a hard time is not always a bad time. Hard time is not always a bad time. Good? You can write that down. It's not. Because hard is relative. We'll talk about what is hard for a second, okay? Take a break and think about that. I'm not going to define a word for you. I contemplated it because Jason loves defining words. I'm not going to do that today. Hard is relative, though. For my five-year-old daughter, hard is losing the blue crayon in her crayon box, okay? Hard. Hard for my sons is one punch the other. That is a hard time for them. They have to deal with that on their own. Hard time for me would be losing my job or my transmission breaking down or any part of my car breaking down for that matter. That's a hard time. So hard is relative. What's hard for me might not be hard for you, might not be hard for somebody else, but it's still hard to us. But a hard time is not always a bad time. Just because you're busy doesn't mean you have to be stressed, right? Just because you're under pressure doesn't mean that you're going to break necessarily. Training for a race is really hard, but it's not bad, right? Potty training, kids, how many of you guys are there right now? That is hard, very, very hard, but it's not bad. Prioritizing your schedule is hard, but not bad. Sending your firstborn to college is hard, it's not bad. Thanksgiving Day, family time, come on, it's hard for some of us, but it's not bad. I'm not saying that we should downplay our situations, but I am saying that if we could change our perspective through them, then maybe we'd realize that they're not as bad as we think they are. So, show of hands, let's be honest in the room, okay? How many of you have ever over-exaggerated a situation in your mind? Okay, oh, it feels so good. Everyone's hands went up. I tend to do this every now and again. Um, but my husband, Pastor Jono, um, he's an Enneagram 6. So for those of you who don't know what that means, it's just a personality test. He scored a number 6 on it, which means that he tends to worry uh, about certain situations about things that have not happened. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. This is his gift. God made him this way. But it is my curse, and I have to live with that as well. Um, he tends to foresee things um, and tragedies before they ever happen. So he's always very protective, um, always uh, troubleshooting constantly. And a lot of times when our kids are out front playing in the front yard, you know, they're running around. I'm like, just throw them a stick. You know, they'll be fine. Just kind of watch them out of the corner of your eye kind of thing. No, he watches them like a hawk. He's watching every car that goes by. He's the one yelling at the cars that go too fast down the, dry, you know, down the road. Slow down. It's residential kind of thing. He's like, don't run too fast. You're going to trip. You're going to break your ankle. And then we're going to have to get in the car. And I want to get in the car right now. We're going to have to go to the hospital. I don't want to go to the hospital right now. Pay that bill because I want to pay that bill right now. That's Jono. It's a blessing. It's also a curse. But in these situations... A lot of times I remind him, and he reminds himself, the truth about the situation, okay? I'm like, Jono, they're, they're small, they're kids, they just want to play, they might, they might fall and scrape their knee, but I don't think anything else is going to happen. And that usually helps in certain situations. It's kind of reminding yourself of the reality of things. Like, it's not that bad right now. And that's kind of what we have to do when we're dealing with these bigger seasons in our life that are really, really hard to. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves about the truths of God's word in our life. 
the truth of where we are, right? We have to look in the rearview mirror a little bit, and we have to remember God's faithfulness. Because right now it doesn't feel like God's being faithful, right? We have to thank him for the times of peace that we've had when right now it does not feel peaceful. We have to thank him for the seasons in our life that we had healing when right now we're hurting really bad. Because we are living proof that God isn't just planning good things, that he's doing them, that he's been doing them, that your past is proof that you're still here. Like you've had hard times before, and if you're going through a now, look in the rearview mirror and remember God's truth and faithfulness. So I want to read you guys an excerpt right quick before I move on from Toxic Soul. I love this book. This is for pastors. Um, it is A Pastor's Guide to Leading Without Losing Heart. It's a phenomenal book. I recommend it. I'm putting a plug in right now because it's written by your pastor, Pastor Jason Isaacs, and his brother, Jeremy Isaacs. Some of you didn't know he's an author, but he's actually on his third book right now. So if you um, are thinking about going into ministry or you are a pastor right now, I definitely recommend picking up Toxic Soul. It's a phenomenal read. Um, I'm going to read you something in the back of this book, and I'm going to preface it really quick. So he interviewed a pastor named uh, Travis Johnson, who pastors in Florida, and he's describing a time in his life when it was very difficult. It was very hard. It was a winter season. Basically, what had happened was it was a nationwide story, got on the news. Uh, about 40,000 homes were stricken with this, uh, like, carbonyl sulfate, which is airborne. It can get in the water. It's pretty much um, just like sulfur. And it's pretty toxic. It can get in your central nervous system. Um, it's not good. There's no, like, long-lasting effects. It's not fatal, but it's really bad. Um, there's a lot of um, problems that it can cause with your lungs and things like that. So his family is dealing with this. He's a pastor. His wife's in full-time ministry. And their kids are doing things. They've got a life, and they've got to vacate their home. Not only do they have to vacate their home, they have to pay for the home that they're not living in. <laughs> pay for their home that they're living in and pay for all the damages because it's going through their coils, it's going through their air, and everything. So lots of families are dealing with this. But he writes this awesome note at the end, looking back at it, and I want to share this with you today. It says, I wouldn't choose to go through it again, but I'm certainly thankful for those days. Without them, I wouldn't be the person I am now. I'm a different husband, a different dad, a better friend, a better pastor. I'm not saying I'm perfect, not even close, but I do appreciate what God has done in me. He has stripped away varnish and baggage, which honestly wouldn't have been removed any other way. I couldn't see God's hand during that difficult time. I was too far down in the ditch to have perspective. But looking back, I clearly see God's refining work in my life, particularly during that window of time, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. I love that. Wouldn't trade it for anything. We have a saying that we like to say sometimes at Hope City, I wouldn't choose it, but I wouldn't change it for anything. I do believe that you guys are going through a refining process in this season of your life. I don't know if you know, but gold that you buy, it's not gold when it comes out of the earth. They have to refine it. They have to purify it. A lot of times other metals are mixed in with it. So there's nickel. There's, you know, um, a bunch of different stuff that's in the metal. And they have to bring it through a process to bring that gold to the surface so it's just pure gold. That's why we have levels of carrot, levels of purity that we buy. And I believe these times in our life when God is developing us, we're going through that process. It's so hard to see when we're going through it. 
but that's what God's doing. There's greater work going on right now in you. And this really does look like it sounds. It hurts. It's not fun. It's dark. It's lonely. Developing means things are being brought to the surface that God has always been, see- been seeing in us, but they're concealed to us, right? I think of a Polaroid picture. When you take it at first, it needs to spend some time in the dark before you can really see the full picture. You may need to spend some time in the dark. You may need to spend some time where it's cold and lonely. God feels far away, distant. Nothing good is happening. You can't see anything good around you. But if you take that same picture and you put it right in the sun, you can't even see the image sometimes. It's not what God wants it to be. It's not what it's truly meant to be. So sometimes we need to spend some time there, unheard by God, frustrated. Looking back in the rearview mirror at what God has brought us from, it realigns our perspective. And it helps us in our current situation. Embrace that process. Embrace the hardest times in your life. They might not be as bad as we think they are. So, lastly, the third truth about winter is that it doesn't last forever. Isn't that good? That's hope today. It doesn't last forever. There's a great quote by Mark Batterson that says, don't be so focused on getting out of circumstances that you don't get anything out of them. Amen. We go through hard times because God has to develop things in us that really can't be developed in any other way. And it is human to want out as quickly as possible because it's frustrating and and there's no growth that you see. But behind the scenes, there is growth happening when we're faced with new challenges. Sometimes in my own life, I wish I would have taken a step back and thought, there's more going on here than just the pain that I'm in right now. I kind of look back in seasons of my own life and I think the hardest time for me physically, emotionally, and spiritually was when I was pregnant with twins. (laughs) I'm a twin mom. Shout out for all of you twin moms. It's beautiful. It's lovely. But I think most women can agree the end of our pregnancies are not very fun. (laughs) We do not feel very beautiful. We feel big, bloated. We can't sleep. We're miserable. And my pregnancy with my twins was at the very end of the Texas summer. It was like late August, September. Super hot outside. Nothing around you is comfortable. Nothing around you feels good. And we just beg God for it to be over. Let the season end. Let this baby come, please. I will name him Jesus. Just let this baby out. (laughs) Let it be done, Lord. But you know, if you ask a lot of moms to describe that season in their life, looking back, pregnancy, birth, the newborn stages, the words they use to describe it are magical, wonderful, amazing. A lot of times we look back and we don't really remember the hurt. We don't remember the pain. We remember the good things. We remember the blessing that came out of that, this beautiful child that you have now to raise. We use those words and time keeps on going, you know. They always say, cherish the moments while they're young and while they're little because they're fleeting and they go so fast. And that is so, so true. We all experience that in life. Those babies grow up really, really quick. The time you have in the season, it might be short. See what God wants you to see in it because there are blessings, there are new challenges, and there's so much growth happening in you. 
I really wish I would have taken more videos, taken more pictures, taken a time to look up and say, God, like, thank you through this pain. Thank you through this storm. Thank you for the coldest season I have ever experienced in my life. And it doesn't make sense, I know. But a lot of Christianity doesn't. That's what's so great about Jesus. What he did for us doesn't make sense. Not in earthly eyes. So these seasons might not make sense right now, but they're short. They don't last forever. They're always changing. Spring is coming. It is. That's hope for those of you who are going through desolate times right now. And hey, so is fall. So is summer. Seasons are going to change. But no matter where you are in your walk, whatever season you're in, God is there too. Amen. He's there with you. Verse 1 of Ecclesiastes says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. So what's your season? What's God's plan for you? Let's pray.